0: This episode of That Does Suit Madam is brought to you by Pussy Boots. Pussy Boots. Pussy Boots. Pussy Boots. The finest and ladies' faux fur house slippers.
1: Mr. Brandon, are you free?
0: I'm free hey i'm jeff and i'm brandon and this is that does suit madam a podcast about are you being served hello everybody hey jeff
1: Hey Brandon, how are you doing this afternoon? Woo-hoo,
0: a little caffeinated. Um, happy to uh, be doing another show. <laughs> um, I can't believe we're in season two already. So this podcast keeps on trucking, baby. So here we are.
1: I, I know. <laughs> I mean, it seems like we five episodes ago we just started this podcast, and oh wait, we did because season one was really, really short, even for British. I dance. know.
0: Like I'm so accustomed to like the first season. I'm like I'm a big Star Trek: The Next Generation guy. That was like my that was my jam back in the day and one season would have like 96 ep- no not 9 but like you know 25 96. episodes i don't know but 26 episodes that's so much and like in britain they're like we've had four episodes we think we've spoke about our ovum creatively we're done you know in america we're like we want <laughs> 45 we want
1: more <laughs> give us more yeah so here you are season 2 yeah i mean season 2 yeah where we're going to start off with the clock and this is the one where they think that Mr. Granger is going to get retired.
0: This is a good episode. There's a lot of um, jokes in here that are fun. There's a lot of... Um, uh, we, we get to meet the first time Mrs. Slocum is pissed, as, as the British would say. Drunk, as the, the Yanks would say. Um, Molly Sudgeon is like the most amazing actress in acting drunk. And she can just walk around pretending to be drunk, and I would just giggle. And I do when I watch her on this episode, which is so much fun. So I'm sure all the listeners out there agree. Oh, and if I can um, uh, mention as well, because I have mentioned listeners, um, we do have our fabulous 662 Peacock hotline. Um, that does suit Ma- Madam Hotline. We have a whole call center in northern Mississippi waiting Night and day to accept your phone calls. So let leave a, mes- leave a message. We have some really cool messages coming in already. Um, we might play some in the future. So thank you for all those who've called. And uh, 662 Peacock. So take advantage of that. So
1: we'd love to hear from you. Yes, please. Call yeah. in. Yeah. So there you go. So shall we? So the clock. What is that all about?
0: The is clock. this like a, a timekeeping uh, episode? Do they learn how to fix a grandfather clock? What's going on? Tempest Jones?
1: Fugit? They do a time study? No. <laughs> uh, so the, the tradition at Grace Brothers is that uh, when you turn 65, uh, you retire and you get a cuckoo clock as your retirement gift. And at your birthday dinner, they give it to you and that's the signal that you know that you're getting the axe, that you're getting pushed out the door. Mm. So that, uh, the whole plot of this episode revolves around we'll hear, won't Will will or will not we and then at the very end, we find out whether or not Mr. Granger is going to stay with us for the next episode. A lot of
0: people have been asking about Mr. Humphreys. Is he or isn't he? It's another question people <laughs> ask. You know. And we've been trying to figure that out for years, Mr. young Mr. Grace once has said. Um so um let's give us some so let's give ourselves some timing. So what's interesting about the season the first season of Are You being served and the second season is um there's a great big gap. In fact, that happened a lot in the different series. So um the first season was 1973 and now this episode premiered on uh, the 14th of March 1974. So that's kind of weird from an American perspective. I'm not I don't know, I'm not like a Hollywood guy for TV, but like it seems to be weird that there's a year gap in there or is that normal? Maybe not.
1: Well, I mean American sitcoms, American TV shows in that time, you know, they were on uh, a September to May schedule, you know, kind of following the school year. So, um you know, th- there would be maybe only about a 3 or 4 month break in between seasons. Um but nowadays uh, you know, shows don't run for a full eight or nine months. They usually run for maybe four or five. Okay. So there's about you know a seven or eight gap, seven or eight month gap in between seasons now. So a year isn't that okay. bad, and a year is pretty standard actually. You know, for for the UK at that okay, time. Okay, it
0: just sounds. So I, and now that you say that, it, it, it sounds, it sounds long. long. Yeah, but if you notice, I've yeah. noticed especially with with the John Inman who played Mr. Humphreys, um. He was sorting to go bald, and of course, he did that '70s thing where you let it grow really long and kind of fluff it up and tease it and stuff. And I, if you do notice, um, as the years go by, it, it was what um, seven or eight seasons? I can't remember nine.
1: Uh, uh, ten ten seasons, seasons. That's right.
0: So um, I do notice a big difference from the first year episodes, like um, um, "Dear Sexy Knickers," the first season, first episode, to this episode, the first episode of the second season you know, you'll notice people start getting older. And, you know, um, we talked about how age is a very weird thing in the 70s. How quickly,
1: how people age so quickly back then, yeah. And a year does make a lot of difference.
0: It does with me these days, let me tell you. Quarantine, (laughs) hello.
1: So so what was going on in the world in uh, March 1974?
0: Um, Well, you know, a couple things. So People magazine those horrible rags that people buy at the grocery store about people's personal lives that, frankly, I think is no one's business. Um, that debuted, so we love People <laughs> Magazine, yay. They should sponsor the program. Um, we had a... Uh, it's
1: a dying medium. I don't know if we want them oh, wait, to No, we
0: don't want people. Um, let's see what else. Uh, the Brady Bunch uh, premiered, the first episode, and um, there was a reference...
1: First oh, no, episode the, the or the last, last episode, episode? The last
0: episode. I'm so sorry. Sorry, Brady Bunch people. Um, so, I, was it the first episode of the podcast that I mentioned tranquilizers with the Brady Bunch?
1: Right. Yeah. We talked about, you know, Seek <laughs> yeah. and All. Oh, Mike, just take, take a take tranquilizer. Take a tranquilizer, Mike, if you feel bad. Take a tranquilizer.
0: So, um, Brady Bunch final episode. Um, there we go. And Queen. Everyone loves a bit of Queen, especially in this podcast. But the band Queen released their second album, Queen 2. and I don't know which songs are on that, but I'm sure it's fabulous.
1: Uh, I, I looked, and there wasn't any that I recognized. Actually. Okay, so maybe
0: not their best. Yeah, none mm-hmm.
1: of the none. Yeah, well, I don't know if it was not their best, but you know, it's probably for the the connoisseurs we'll of get, the genre. We'll get hate mail from the
0: Freddie Mercury people out there, and uh, and um, so all of this happened in the same week, I think, sir. <laughs> So kind of a busy week. And um, the second season of Are Being Served premiered. So that was a good week to be around uh, the middle of March,
1: 1974. So yeah, yeah. Awesome week. So uh, the episode starts off um, with Peacock trying to direct a customer. And uh, uh, he, he tries to impress him by thinking that he recognized his tie as being a guard's tie. But it actually turns out to be from the Tesco Table Tennis Club. so uh, in the last episode, we learned that the Grace Brothers had a retirement home and a social club, and now we find out that Tesco, which actually is a major supermarket chain. it's a real supermarket uh, in Britain, has their own table tennis club with their own ties. <laughs> How absurd is that?
0: so I was trying to I watched the episode recently, and I was trying to think like is this a British thing to have, like, tie patterns, like, striped tie patterns to indicate your social club? And I thought of Harry Potter because I think depending on, like, the home, like, the Slytherin, blah, blah, blah.
1: Oh, that's Because I'm not a Harry Potter guy. Yeah. But, like,
0: I know they have, like, st- like, merch you can buy, which we need to set up. Um, that's a Sumatum merch. Side note, later discussion. We have to do that. Uh, <laughs> it's a joke. Um, although, let us know if you buy a T-shirt. That's, that's good to know. Um... But yeah, I just thought about like Harry Potter and like why would they have like a ping pong club from like the Kroger, Vons, Safeway, I don't know. I mean, it's table tennis.
1: Of the And UK, it's also yeah. a good
0: alliteration. Tesco table tennis club. Ta ta ta.
1: That is true. You know, you know, for all of the flack that we give the writers for their bad continuity, they certainly do know how to turn a phrase, and so you know, you know, plus one they, for the alliteration there. Yeah,
0: and now that I think about it, alliteration, I can think of another example of it. Um, at one point, Mr. Humphreys, in a later episode, calls Mr. Lucas the Casanova of the cufflink counter, ka ka and then ta-ta-ta, Tesco table tennis, so maybe we'll have to keep an eye on the alliteration. Again, if I, had a, if I had a bell, which I always talk about, I would have, I would ring a bell when we have an alliterative statement, but... Oh well,
1: next time. Next time. Right.
0: <laughs> so. Um,
1: yeah. So um, he. They. They. They're ending. They're trying to sell this guy on the jacket, and Mister Humphrey says that it's made of pushcon, thirty-five uh, percent wool, thirty-five percent pushcon. Uh, well, where's the other thirty percent? Well, there's a lot of air between the fibers
0: because it you know? breathes Ha-ha-ha, so well.
1: <laughs> waka waka. So uh, stupid. <laughs> but pushcon, pushcon is is a, is a made up fabric name, right? It's not a real yeah. thing. They you know must have made it up to sound like dacron or rayon or any well of those. when all of your when um, all of your
0: wardrobe in the seventies came from a bottle of oil, you know they had to make <laughs> yeah, a basically petroleum. Fabric. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> uh, and so they they talk about that um, you know they discovered it when they were building the Concorde, uh, and yeah. I think it you know really interesting that that was the British point of reference in the seventies for space age technology. You know, like in the 50s and 60s in the States, we talked about putting a man on the moon. Uh, And then the 70s in Britain, you get, you know, the Concord as their point of reference. And then what do we have today? Do we even have like a futuristic point of reference? Because Um, I feel like in the 80s and the 90s, it was that Jetson's fantasy where everyone's talking about, I want a jetpack. And that's what people are complaining about quote-unquote today, that they don't have a jetpack yet.
0: Or maybe, like, I guess in the 80s and 90s, it was like, uh, I remember, like, when we got our first home computer, it was, like, a big deal, and, like, we were an early adopter family, and, like, people didn't know how to use the computer, so that was a big deal. But now, like
1: but but did, did people actually talk about the computer as a as a point of reference like if we can put a man on the moon if we can build the concord if we can whatever whatever what is that point of reference to yeah, no, that
0: it's a good question i was just trying to think like historically what was it in my lifetime um uh, like a 3d printer that you can make whatever you want i don't know i'm i'm trying to think like
1: i'm, I'm i mean i think i might guess that it might be the smartphone like i think that you know if you think about like you have mm-hmm. a computer yeah. in your pocket, you have a video camera in your pocket, all of these things that you needed to have a million different devices for mm. that were huge no, I like you it know, it's a maybe good question. maybe that's our new uh our new space yeah age it's, it's not
0: something that that exists in the future. It's something that we can look point to today that we have that we're so proud of that like look what the achievement we've accomplished like in the concord uh oh they they developed what PushCon when they were making the Concord. Um, I don't yeah. know. It's kind of a good question. Um,
1: podcasts.
0: That's my answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the podcast is the, the point height of reference? Of technology
0: we, for our generation.
1: If we can put a man on the moon, if we can record a podcast about a sitcom that's 50 years old. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Feels yeah, about it's, the same, it's the
0: same thing. Concord, yeah. yeah. Uh, so there
1: you go. Uh, so you know what else might be made out of Pushcon is um, – our sponsor, and I use that term closely, uh, loosely, <laughs> excuse me, for this episode, uh, Pussy, pussy boots. boots. Pussy Boots. Uh, m- Ms- Mr. Mash brings over six pairs of Pussy <laughs> Boots um, with the pointed display model that lights up meows and purrs. Uh, we get a little bit of a sight gag with the, um, the model going haywire and its head exploding. <laughs>
0: there's like pyrotechnics inside that box that had to go off and not set everyone on fire. Yeah, and you know there was a lot of like um, flammable material, and all of those outfits they wore, and lots of hairspray in that air. Hello, Lacquer. Boom. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. No, that was the that was the first time there was um, a point of display model in the pilot Beauty Bell bras, or the first right. episode, which which I'm one of those. And then yeah, this is the first of many fabulous point of the sale point of sale models, which sadly and hilariously never actually work correctly. And they always like they're on stage or on the floor just long enough to break down and everyone laughs and then they right. take it away. So
1: Right. And we, we actually don't get Peacock saying take it take away. Take it Mash. away, Mr. Mash. Yeah. No, we don't get that this time. You know, that'll (laughs) probably develop. They need to develop. You know, the uh, the the script writers need to develop uh, using the physical the 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 prop. Yeah, and I also think getting that kind of. I think they get better
0: better with it too, because if you if you go and watch the episode, which of course you know we recommend everyone watch every episode, but um, it just feels like it's a little bit too long. You know, like the scene with the. The pussy boots, the cat, and his tail winds up and, you know, his eyes light up, which is kind of demonic. And you can tell that there's a recording of someone saying, pussy boots, pussy boots, and then purring. Um, And you can even see that, like, after they turn off the machine, the recording is still going, which is kind of that cute homemade kind of non
1: very homemade yeah, and it's, it's so feel. charming i think yeah. but that's
0: also like then because they spent all of the some some poor guy at the bbc or gal had to spend all this time making this device for this one scene so they're like you know what we're
1: for it to we're gonna, blow yeah up. we're
0: gonna we're gonna show this twice right back to back so they they have to do it the first time to show mrs slocum and then a second time to show captain peacock which is like we just saw it but again it's it's perfect you can't I, I'm not criticizing. Are you being served? Don't worry, people. But
1: uh, oh, I'll, I'll <laughs> criticize though. I don't think cop, I don't uh, think cop. that it deserves it for for this yeah. one, right? I, I they, they definitely have some bits that go on too long. Um, the one where they build the robot to give out the money.
0: Oh
1: yeah, that one goes on way too long. And the other one where um, they build the robot that um, automatically it, it, the robot that takes its hat off and bows.
0: Oh, yeah. That
1: um, bit goes on really well.
0: Well, now that you say that, there's a lot of, I don't know, I don't know if and if anyone's like a Hollywood person or like in the film industry or whatever, or TV, like it seems almost like a cheap thing instead of like coming up with jokes and dialogue, which I'm all about for the for the actors and the scripts. It seems cheap and easy to sort of like put a funny thing out there that goes haywire. But again, it's it feels such a time capsule because you don't see that really anymore.
1: I think right. I mean, it, it, it definitely was um, a staple of seventies TV, both here and abroad, <clears throat> to be relying on, on on physical comedy and sight gags. Yeah. But I think also you have to remember that uh, you know the hallmark of modern British entertainment is the panto. Oh
0: yeah, well,
1: and, we, we've never you know, really discussed that. Sorry,
0: we've never really discussed what that is, have we?
1: No, but let's. um, Why don't we save that for the Punch and Judy episode? Oh
0: yeah, Panto. So just to to finish the thought, Panto is sort of like very um, silly jokes, not very taken seriously. I'd say Um, lots of physical humor, physical acting. Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's almost like vaudeville. Yeah, uh, in the type that you've got this, you know, there there's a set pattern of everything that you'd come to expect. There's going to be a Punch and Judy skit. Uh, There's going to be a little bit of a morality tale. Uh, You're not going to get so much variety like singing and dancing Mm -hmm. that you would in a vaudeville show, but it's, it's... the formulaic staple of, of British Isn't entertainment. is a bunch
0: of like, um, I know John Inman after, you know, when he was in his 60s, 70s, he would do Panto, Pantomime is what we call it. Um, he would do like Mother Goose and there's a lot of like nursery tales yeah. and fairy tales and stuff kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so it's it's interesting. But yes, Punch and Judy is probably the better place for that conversation, which is a, a fabulous
1: episode. Yeah. That's it, it's top ten yeah, for sure. Absolutely, for sure. Got to make the sausages. <laughs> um, there you go.
0: See, Jeff gets into so, a voices sometimes.
1: Sounds sometimes, good. just I, I, I won't be able to. I can't do that that opening one I'm where. Uh, so yeah, I can't get my speaking voice Speaking of that high.
0: physical comedy, um, I, I we would have to have a discussion about Mrs. Slocum Molly Sudgeon and her drunk act and i kind of mentioned at the beginning of the episode of the show but um if you ever to to be drunk is easy to act drunk when you're sober i think is very difficult and i think mrs slocum character um Later on the episode, maybe getting ahead of myself, but she can just. She, at one point, she stands up and she is like trying to make a speech, and I can just picture her standing up in her little eyes and just kind of wall. I like. I know you can't see me, but I'm kind of like swaying back and forth as I say this. Um, so funny, and I just crack the hell up. Um, yeah. she's amazing.
1: Yeah, no, she's you know, she is good <laughs> at it, and she does get a lot of practice because she does enjoy. Uh, wedding her whistle was is and, and where exactly is that bar Where exactly was that pub Oh I have no <laughs> Oh no well when it gets mentioned I'll do my research for the episode. Of course you right? will cuz we have the we neighborhood in Spain yet
0: Where that uh, pub was <laughs> on the Costa Blanca The
1: Costa Costa Blanca <laughs> Yeah um, So so Mr. Granger goes to take his coffee break and Peacock calls everyone around they're discussing his birthday dinner for that evening um, oh, this is great. A little strange to me that they're, um, that his birthday dinner is that evening and they still haven't planned it yet, but whatever. <laughs> um, so the canteen manager, not manageress, I guess, Miss Diana Yarber hadn't been oh, hired okay. yet. Oh, okay. So maybe this guy um, might
0: actually be good and nice as opposed to mean and right. evil. Okay.
1: Good to know. Right. Good to know. So um, it's more economical if they have it out on the floor. It's going to be an extra pound per, per person if they have it in the restaurant upstairs. Uh, seeing as they're all skint for money, they're going to have it on mm-hmm. the floor. And so Peacock starts talking about what the um, what menu is going to be like. Uh, for starters, they could either have vegetable soup or an hors d'oeuvre, which um, Mr. <laughs> Lucas lets us know is a sardine on a tired bit of lettuce. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Um, for seconds, they'll have a Russian salad, which is basically a potato salad with um, sausage and, and boiled vegetables. Um, and then the main course, which I shall bring up later, and... Uh, Slocum gives a great uh, aside with won't we well, all. because it'll be uh, such to bad food that will get indigestion and, and, and taste it later. That's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the cabinet pudding with custard or simulated cream. Um, so, yeah, cabinet what is pudding, I, I didn't know what that was. I had, I, my first guess was that it had, might have been something to do with a milkshake because that's the word that they use in Rhode Island uh, for a milkshake is a cabinet. not really, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It, it's a sponge cake with dried fruit. You know what? I just had a brainwave to quote
0: Kath and Kim. Um, do you remember, <laughs> like, I, I don't know what it was used for, but when they were, my mom or someone would make um, some sort of, like, milky dessert, maybe, like, pudding, was there a pudding company, kind of like Jell-O, but a different brand
1: called Cabinet. Thinking about Mighty Fine? No, but called Cabinet. That might have been some... some strange Arkansas... Thing, something, something, something from where okay. you are.
0: Oh, well. Yeah. It was... I thought i I connected something, but it didn't. Um, yeah. Yeah, Cabinet Pudding, it's... it's. It, I looked it up, and it kind of made me think of... Almost like a spun... Like fruit cake, but lighter with cream yeah. on it, which sounds a very British dessert.
1: Yeah, if you take like you know an angel food cake that has that same consistent consistency, but maybe a little bit more dense. Mm, yeah, and then fruit cake without all of the candied <laughs> fruit, but just the dry fruit stuff. Yeah. yeah, then you've got um, then you've got. I'd say pudding. this
0: is I, I I don't know I've I've said this in a couple of of episodes, but I think the food and just part of the appeal of the show for me because I'm kind of an Anglophile is what the hell's cabinet pudding? What is that? And of course when I was twelve or thirteen, whatever year I watched this originally, there was no internet and there were no people who knew about British food where I lived. So Things like cabinet pudding, I had no resource to figure out what the hell that is. So it's interesting as an adult now with the internet and, you know, we're giving ourselves the time to kind of invest like every little word. And like, what does that mean? I never understood that. And now we're taking the time and hopefully the, the listeners of the show is kind of like, oh, that's what that joke was about. Or that's why the word ginger... That's why Mr. Humphreys is like, What? Excuse me?
1: Is ginger Yeah, isn't and ginger it? is
0: a cockney rhyming slang slang word for um, queer, which would have perked his ears up, right? So yeah, yeah, it's kinda cool to have the time to investigate stuff like that. So cabinet pudding is now yeah. in my,
1: cabinet my repertoire. Pudding. So for the mains, they've got their choice of roast pheasant for two pounds each. Very posh. uh, Poulet roti for one pound fifty, which is roast chicken. And I bet you that the canteen manager called it roast chicken, and it was only Peacock that made it French because he wanted to sound snooty or snotty. Poulet roti. (laughs) Uh, Steak pie for one pound twenty-five, and then the macaroni cheese for a pound. Um... What do you think you would choose if you were voting on the floor?
0: Well, here's the thing. So I would have to convert this to modern money. So a pound, didn't we once say that was about, like in 1974, one pound was about like seven, eight bucks today?
1: No. So it's actually about 12 bucks today for a a pound today. That's a lot
0: more than I thought it would be. So one pound versus two pounds, that's quite a bit of a difference.
1: So you could have roast pheasant for $24. Uh, roast chicken for eighteen dollars, steak pie for sixteen dollars, or the macaroni and cheese for twelve. I'd go with the macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm cheap, um, but I think they. Uh, Lucas and Brahms. Well, I mean, you yeah.
1: also you also get you know you also get your starter and the Russian salad and coffee ad lib, and the cabinet pudding and exactly one after minute, after eight minutes, not two. And you're and you're also kicking in. Part of that is kicking in for Granger and his wife. Oh,
0: that's true. Well, okay. So that's a, so that's a deal. I I would probably just throw caution to the wind and go with the chicken. I suppose. Poulet rôti. So I sound I fancy. I,
1: I think I would go for the for the chicken as well. I think that's the safest bet. And it's
0: interesting. Um, now that I think about it, there's one episode. There's one part of the episode where they have a commercial break and they come back, and the camera, which is a very seventies thing is zoomed really tight into the cabinet pudding. And, and you see, like, Mr. Lucas or someone, like, scraping the leftover.
1: Mashes, busting yeah, the table. Like, yeah, like,
0: whoever it was, yeah. Um, and then pulls out. So you get to see what cabinet pudding looks like in the episode. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: So the dress code for this affair is black tie. Mm. So, so, all right. So they've got to go home after their shift ends at 530, we all know they've got terrible commutes, so they've got to get right. home, change into a black tie outfit that they have clean and pressed <laughs> and ready, get back on the train and come in. What time does this dinner even start? That's true. I never stopped to think about that. Um, that's right? really late. Because so if they, if, they, if they leave work at 530, let's say they take an hour to get home take an hour to get ready and an hour to get back. Like nine? That's already 8.30 that they're back, but they all go out for drinks ahead of time. You know, Lucas and Humphreys go out to the Oklahoma Pancake House <laughs>
0: yeah, that's for right. a
1: hot cocoa and a Danish pastry, and uh, Miss Brahms and Mrs. Slocum go out for four vodka martinis. So at the very earliest, this dinner is starting at nine.
0: I wonder if that's like a – I know in like – is it Spain where –
1: well, yeah, Spain, Argentina, those kind which of countries... Which is not London, eat anyway. <laughs> but, but, you know, UK, the pubs closed at, like, what, 10 o'clock back then? They're, they mm. weren't uh, an all-night kind of affair-type place.
0: Maybe they brought it in with them on the train and changed. I don't know, but...
1: yeah, mm. Possibly. But,
0: yeah, no, the, speaking yeah. of the four anyway. martinis, that's the first time we see Mrs. Slocum open the lift door, drunk as a skunk, and she's trying to go down the stairs, which... They use those stairs in, in the show so expertly, I think, uh, in several episodes, and she kind of starts falling down the stairs into Mister into Captain Peacock's arms, um, and that's when she just starts doing this amazing drunk um, uh, thing that just makes me giggle, giggle, laugh,ing about it. I wish I could. I'm not an actor, yeah. but I kind of wish I could act like that just to like be fun at a party.
1: I think with enough practice. You, or with I think two you beers, honestly. I think got the yeah, chops. That's all I really <laughs> <are>. <laughs> So um, uh, the phone rings. Mr. Humphreys answers it. Mentor. well. In well. that really deep, affected voice of his. Um, Granger goes into Rumble's office, uh, finds out that young Mr. Grace is not going to be able to attend oh, the demonstration. Oh, yay. Dinner that tonight. means he's staying. Yay. That, that means that you know, young Mr. Grace is the one who gives out the clock. Granger's going to stay. So he, he doesn't, leaves, want, to, he doesn't on, want to retire. He doesn't no. want to go. He doesn't want to retire. Uh, but on his way out of the office, he hears a clock ticking, and then he hears the cuckoo.
0: Oh, and Mr. then Cranger. we get
1: our act break. Yeah, so we, we think that he's uh, getting the act. So something I want to mention, um, too,
0: like the scene of the camera where – it's funny because I don't know. I'm not a TV guy, but like I'm so obsessed with camera angles and stuff now. Um, it's so weird when you see him listening to the cuckoo. He's outside of Rumble's office and it's a very strange camera angle and he just... It's like a close-up of his, of his face and he kind of looks left and then looks right without turning his head and then he kind of like slithers away. I always thought that <laughs> like that shot was very strange. But you often see that like in other British shows like um, uh, Faulty Towers and all of this. I don't know. Maybe it's just a... And you'll have like funny shots where someone will walk right past the camera in British shows. Have you ever noticed that? No, like if someone's, what you if talking someone's about, far away from the camera, especially like on Coronation Street, they'll walk right past the, uh, the cameraman, the oh, camera Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of a weird thing. They don't really do that in the well. I think, for some reason.
1: I think that's because they're trying to give a little bit of a cinema verite. Mm, yeah. Like that it's, you know, you're really doing a snapshot of real yeah. life where you'll have someone walking like right in front of you. Maybe in
0: America you know, we had anyway. to, like have too many like car commercials so we just cut all that out for more ad space. And like dishwashing detergent <laughs> uh- commercials. Hula hoops.
1: So speaking of, why don't you and I head down to the canteen
0: for a tea break? You know, I was just getting a little peckish myself. Um, I was um, all that talk about poulet routine. I want to try to see if uh, if they made the right choice. So, yes, why don't we go down to the um, to the canteen, and because we have that manager, that mean – uh, manageress isn't on the scene yet, and we all know how cruel she can be and mean. So, we'll probably get some decent service, perhaps, this time. So
1: And maybe some decent food. For I once. mean, you know, a
0: little bit of sardine on a tire a bit of lettuce is no fun. So, we'll be right back. We're going to have a bit of calf, and we'll come back. Hello Unanimous, this is Mr. Brandon And this is Mr. Jeff Did you wake up this morning and think How could I support my favorite podcast While also letting the world know That I'm a proud member of the Unanimous
1: Does your morning coffee vessel Leave you feeling neither one way nor the other Perhaps your smartphone cover Fails to confirm your charm Personality, vitality, and youth Worry no more Visit our That Does Suit Madam Online bargain basement shop They've just come in You could buy your very own That Does Suit Madam official tote bag. A handbag. Or an official podcast sofa pillow, perfect for hiding your Paddington bear.
0: We sell a fashionable face mask and a celebrated coffee
1: cup. And of course, T-shirts.
0: But don't worry, you'll find the sleeves right up with wear.
1: Support your favorite podcast with some That Doesn't Matter merch.
0: All at imfree.threadless.com
1: imfree.threadless.com and, and you've, you've all, all done, done very well. well. <laughs> You know, I think that steak pie was uh, a disaster. I think it was a mistake, and I really hope that I'm not going to be traveling on a non-corridor train tonight.
0: Well, you know, my poulet rôti, um, there was something moving, and it wasn't my fork on that dish. So, mm-hmm. sadly, the canteen, the reputation stands. So
1: we're back. Maybe, maybe the bit of le- maybe the bit of lettuce wasn't as tired. It, as It was it was been.
0: very lively piece of lettuce, unfortunately. So uh, anyway, we're back. Um, uh, sorry for that.
1: We're back, and everyone's, uh, and everyone's back as well from changing into their black tie. Oh, yes. uh, and they're starting to arrive at the dinner, and Mr. MASH is announcing them all. Uh, we, uh, Mr. Lucas and Humphreys talk about their, uh, their trip to the diner. And Mr. Lucas says there was um, – uh, so Humphrey says you know, they went for uh, cocoa and a Danish pastry. And Mr. Lucas says, well, there was a fine bit of Danish crumpet there as well. Uh, so crumpet is another bit of cockney rhyming slang. Really? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. So crumpet rhymes with strumpet, mm-hmm. which literally means streetwalker. And Str- so crumpet is, is, a, is a slang for an attractive woman. Strumpet.
0: I just I – oh, interesting. I, hmm, strumpet. Did I know that word? I don't think so. I would have probably thought of crumpet. Strumpet. Just, huh. yeah. I will say one of the best foods if you're ever in Britain, Crumpets. Are the
1: most delicious
0: thing. Um, if you're ever in Britain, go to like a grocery store and get some Warburtons. Is that who makes them?
1: Yeah, go to Sainsbury's. That's where they usually have them on sale. <laughs> uh, you can get Warburtons or you can get home brand. Don't bother going to Waitrose, even though I love Waitrose. You know they're going to charge you four pounds for a packet of crumpets where you could easily get it for like one pound. Only
0: Jeff would know exactly where to go in London and which shops will have the best sales on, on.
1: I have my, you know, I've got my routines. (laughs) I've got my shop that I've got to do. For all of the things that I can't get here or just way too expensive True. to get here. I
0: keep thinking about like the stuff about the show that I kind of like I said before, like that I didn't have time to understand or or the resources to kind of figure out what, what the hell it was. But so I'm trying to think of like what would I have loved to hear about when I was a kid about the show. And crumpets were something I knew I knew it was some sort of food pastry thing, but a crumpet, I'm trying to think the best way to describe it, is
1: it's an English muffin, uh,
0: is really what it is. It's like a Cadillac is a car as much as a Yugo. I mean, eh.
1: It's an English muffin with less crannies, but probably the same amount of nuts. With
0: nox. no um, cracked, what is that? Um, what's the, the stuff on the bottom of English muffins? Like the grain. Uh,
1: there's no, like, no grainy semolina. Semolina in the flour, you know, on yeah. The but yeah. You,
0: you pop it in a toaster, make it a little tasty and toasty, and put some butter on it. And when I was in Britain, they said the best way to have crumpets is to have so much butter on it that you have butter streaming down your arm as you eat it.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the best way to have anything. Yeah.
0: Okay. (laughs) So the crumpet. I didn't know that crumpet was cockney rhyming slang. Now, I also wanted to ask you, when you came back from the the, uh, canteen, you said something about a corridor train. And that was a joke that Mr. Granger said that he hoped they didn't choose the... um, the steak pie, because he has to go home on a non... No, he has to go home on a corridor train.
1: On a, a non-corridor corridor train. train. So, so I what think does that it mean? has something to do with the fact that there's not going to be... You know, there's certain trains where there are individual cars that are linked up, and when you pass between the cars, you're out in the open okay. air. And so if it's particularly windy... Because uh, because of the weather or because you had a steak pie. Flatulence. You could, you know, not, yeah, there <laughs> So it's a fart joke, So people. the
0: idea is, so this is, okay, so I'm putting it together. So if you're in a non-corridor train, that means it's going to be a small train. So if you rip a big one, like poor Mr. Granger, <laughs> um, there's not going to be a lot of air to, like, hide that. Circulate. Okay, right. poor Mr. Granger. I'm glad they chose Pony routine. So yeah. there we go.
1: Um, what did you think of Mr. Humphreys' outfit for the black tie dinner?
0: Do you think I hated it or loved it, Jeff? I mean, <laughs> um, I thought it was fantastic. Well, context
1: clues. Before, yeah.
0: I will say for yeah. Mr. Humphreys, it was kind of one of his more subdued looks for a party, right?
1: Well, I don't think he makes some interesting fashion choices until later seasons. He's been pretty... Um, conservatively dressed because we're still getting yeah, to know sure. him. I think it's only going to be once the audience really appreciates how campy he <laughs> really is. Well, you know what? I take that back. In Camping In, he wore the that kimono. kimono. That shorty yes, shirt yes, kimono. Yes, the woman's
0: like, small kimono. So <laughs> what he, yeah. he, as the doors open, so we see first it's Mr. Humphreys and Mr. Lucas. And it's so cute because they're buddies. And um, I like that it's not like – Lucas never – in the show never gives any hint that he doesn't like the fact that Mr. Humphreys is so gay or campy. He actually kind of like is his friend, which would honestly deserves its own show episode if we talk about it. But he comes in and he's wearing like a, um, like a dark maroon crushed velvet or velveteen velvet suit with, uh, it's 1974. So he has like a ruffled shirt And this really cool-ass bow tie that, in the 70s, those bow ties were really long. Like, they weren't short, like in the 50s. Oversized. Oversized, very long. Um, If you think of, um, what did I think it was like? Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. They wear some bow ties in that show, in the movie, and very similar kind of oversized. It definitely rings the 70s when you see that bow tie. So, he's pretty cool. I like it.
1: And then he... and then he's got the medallion over his closed shirt. You know, I always oh, right. imagine someone wearing that kind of medallion against an open shirt, you know, three buttons down exposing all your chest here. A you doing I think John Inman
0: often wore a lot of necklaces because there's a couple episodes where you see him having to remove his shirt.
1: He does like a bit he of jewelry a bit of flash, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. so yeah, but he was fabulous. Yeah. I like that. So, Mrs. Slocum finally makes her entrance <laughs> that you've been talking about nonstop through this episode. I know, uh, and she's sl- she's slosh, she stumbles down the stairs. Are you trying to say that four martinis is beyond my ability? You know, great subtle line. And so Humphrey's is trying to talk to her to like you know keep her talking, get her sober, and he gives a little a little uh, a rhyme of um, one's all right, two's the most, three under the table, and four under the host. Ooh. Except that. Mr. Rumbled is the host. So that kind of sobers Mrs. Silica little quickly. <laughs> What's
0: really cute, too, uh, I,
1: not for right, long, I remember
0: it, oh, she continues to drink. Um, but at one point, I don't know who it was. Was it, um, oh, it was Mr., um, oh, the manager, uh, who, 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 Mr. Rumbled. Rumbled? Um, yep. Mr. Rumbled um, says, Mrs. Silica, why don't you take a seat? We're about to start in about an hour <laughs> because she was so drunk. she. Like, <laughs> no, why that, don't you just sit down to p-tuck. her and sober up? <laughs> You need an hour to sober <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so they get they, they get on with the dinner. Um, uh, the the Grangers arrive, uh, and Mrs. Granger looks far too young to be married to a sixty five year old. I mean, I know that people aged quickly, and it was very common to have a little bit of an age difference back then. Mm-hmm. But she looks like she's clearly she could be forty. Yeah,
0: and she and be the 40s. actor who played Mr. Um, Mr. Granger. He was, he's playing 65. He doesn't look 65. I know it was the 70s. No, and, he looks 80. Yeah, he looks, he looks quite old, but... Um, yeah. So let's see, what, what happens? Um, everything...
1: So, yeah. we, so we get the act break, and when we come back, Mash is busting the tables, and they're all dancing, so they've already had yeah. their dinner. Um, Mrs. Slocum is drunk and just falling all <laughs> over Peacock. She can't keep anything. And so Mr. Rumbold remarks, uh, Mr. Humphreys, we appear to be the only ones not dancing. And so Humphreys shoots back, all right, but only if you promise not to leave. <laughs> and then we get Rumble, take his glasses off, and have that confused Oh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then so, Mr. Humphreys dances um, with the mannequin.
0: Sadly, the mannequin, yeah, A, yeah, a lady cute. mannequin. Because a male yeah. mannequin would have just been too much.
1: Yeah, so uh, it's time to give the speeches. We learned a little bit earlier that Granger is getting the axe, and it's up to Rumble to mm. um, give the speech because young Mr. Grace is home with the cold. So he asked Mr. Match, um, my compliments to the trio, would you mind asking them to take an interval?
0: Oh, So because they had so a live Mash band runs, playing the music and stuff,
1: yeah. Right. Uh, Match runs over and goes, oi, Jug says belt up for five minutes.
0: <laughs> Those um, poor ladies. Hysterical.
1: I mean, anytime, anytime they call him Jug <laughs> either behind his back or to his face, um, I think poor he's hysterical. Um,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. and it was really sweet because um, at one point, I, this is kind of molly sugeon's episode i think um i know i'm going i'm gushing about her but um at one point um uh, mr rumbold says mr rumbold i always like to roll that r mr rumbold um says speech speech and then um
1: <laughs> she, gets she gets up, up she stands she up, to make one.
0: thinking that it's, they're asking her to give a speech. So she stands up with her martini, with her champagne glass, and says, Tin and champagne. Says,
1: Ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> and then I just start laughing. And then, of course,
1: and someone, like, pulls they send her, her down. down. Yeah. And
0: what are they drinking? None yeah. other than the Grace Brothers finest Tin Japanese, tinned Japanese champagne. champagne, and I, I what I want to do is I want to zoom in on the image of the tin of the, the the tin can label and recreate it for posterity and post it on our Facebook page. So
1: that's going to be part of our merch, yeah. Oh, that's right. a good we'll start, idea. We'll start selling. You know, we could do we could do hydroflasks, of course, with the tin Japanese champagne. It would look um, like a tin of it. champagne. See, yeah. we're thinking we could do we could do canvas totes we'll have to get with the
0: npr might or pbs might want a cut of that so we'll have to get our oh, marketing team in north mississippi to work on that
1: well well we could get we could get um, totes with that uh, that does suit matter oh. on it not necessarily replicating the grace brothers logo okay no
0: i that hear that you does so yeah it. Um, if, if the people if the people being you listeners want merchandise the people let, the good the people, people who are you avita let us let us know what you would like and we'll make it happen
1: so, um, Peacock starts to make a speech, and he's recounting um, all of Granger's years in haberdashery and stationery and bathroom furniture and gentlemen's shoes. By the way,
0: jumping in, uh, what what the hell is bathroom furniture? Is that like a toilet
1: I'm and getting, sink? No, I'm guessing like um, hamper and étagère, like a shelf. I always wonder, like, why do they need a whole? I, I don't think it's <laughs> Well, that's probably also where they sell, like, towels and your toothbrush holder and curtain rod and things like that. I don't think they're actually selling, like, um, plumbing.
0: I've always just wondered that. Yeah, I just Googled it, and there's, yeah. like, mirrors and, like, shelves. Must be right. a UK thing. I don't know.
1: Yeah. yeah it has probably something to do with the fact that they have the separate cold and hot taps. <laughs>
0: um <laughs> and, um <laughs>
1: Yeah. So um the, he's talking Peacock's talking about how Mr. Granger's gonna have all this free time out in the open and Mr. Lucas says it's a pity he lives in a flat in Eltham. So uh being the geography slash London nerd that I am, I'm like, well where is Eltham, and how far would Granger have to have gone in actually to get home and back into the Of course you
0: dinner? did, Jeff. <laughs> I love it.
1: Um so it turns out it is within, this, it's, it is within London uh, limits. It's in the borough of Greenwich. So south it's south Thames, London, okay. south of the so river. So that's not too far. Um, uh, in an area, well, everything south of the river is historically underserved by transit. Yeah. right? So there's very few uh, tube lines that go down there. They do have the trams around Croydon now. Ah, uh, but back then they certainly didn't. So Mr. Granger would have had to take a train, uh, into Charing Cross, and then depending on how close the department store was, uh, walk or take the See, tube. Or I'm a thinking bus. they
0: will eventually. This this podcast will become so popular that it will spawn. Um, are you being served, sort of fans, to do fan fiction, kind of like um, Twilight? Oh, I'm
1: sure there is already. And,
0: oh, that's that's worth an episode right there. But I'm thinking, like, I'm just we're you're setting the seeds among the good people of the podcast listeners. To be creative, and, you know, now that we're all under quarantine and stay at home with COVID, I'm just saying, you're welcome, people.
1: Point us to your fanfic, yes. <laughs> except except if it ends up with Humphreys and Mr. Spooner getting together, uh, I'll pass.
0: Yeah, we know there's probably some fanfic out there with um, fan fiction fanfic with Mr. Humphreys and Mrs. Slocum.
1: Oh if they could pick up where the apartment left off,
0: that is probably one of my that, favorite episodes.
1: Yeah okay. I agree. Anyway, um, so just as Mr. Rumbold is about to announce that Granger's getting the cuckoo clock, young Mr. Grace shows up. <laughs> uh, and so um, Rumbold invites him over to the table and he they and didn't expect hands, him because
0: he had a cold right So hes un- un- he had a
1: cold yeah. right So he's unexpected. So Rumbled hands Mr. Grace the clock so that he can hand it, present it right. to Granger. And young Mr. Grace thinks it's for him. And he's so touched because he's given <laughs> hundreds of these away, but that has never so gotten cute. one himself. So he's... Um, He's so happy and he goes, well, another five years and you'll be getting one of these yourself, Ernest. So, he's so he gets saved. to stay. Hooray. He gets to stay on for another couple years. Um, but he's a little upset because he was kind of looking forward to a bit of leisure. Uh, he asked for Monday off and immediately rumbled slap. Certainly some not. Some
0: things may change, but some things never do. Yeah. And I will say that this so, it, it struck me when I watched this episode. Um, I guess it happens later on in the series, but whenever um, the actor who plays young Mr. Grace, I want to say Arthur Brow, bro?
1: No, that's Mr. Granger. Oh, dear.
0: Um, Pop quiz. Who plays young Mr. Grace? Um, Oh, it's on the tip of my
1: tongue. Anyway. Now, now see, this is where in post you should put down the countdown clock music.
0: Or like a TikTok.
1: That's, That's jeopardy. jeopardy. No, Countdown. countdown
0: which is that was a British show. Um, anyhow, so so this actor, um, I was, I think we might have said in another episode, we Harold, Harold Bennett, Bennett. Oh, sorry, late, Mister Bennett. Yeah, uh, Harold Bennett. So when when that guy came out um, of any scene, when he would leave, the audience would clap because he was literally ninety years old in nineteen seventy four. 1973-74 uh, um, so he was an old old actor and Go-
1: he was 76 no, yeah. really he was 76 but back then that was like 90 because people aged faster that's insane 76 right yep
0: I mean he maybe you know maybe he was a good actor and that's probably what it was because he would walk and you would just assume that he was this tiny little nothing of a man but yeah. um Goddard he's his manservant driver um You know, we were talking about it before that we think that he was actually there to help him, not just as a...
1: He was like, he was legitimately there to help the actor. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it was so sweet. I love the, the episodes whenever... Not this one, but like, this is probably the last one where he comes on stage and does his little one or two minute little bit. And then walks away after saying, you've all done very well, and kind of falls... They didn't.
1: Thank you, thank Mr. You, Mr. Grace. Grace.
0: The audience in the studio did not clap, and usually they give him a big no. round of applause because he was so beloved.
1: Well, because they, they, don't, they don't have an established relationship with this character yeah. yet, you know, I think that, no, or right. the actor, you know, I think it's going to be uh, maybe later on this season where we see that we, they start to get that they appreciate trotting <laughs> him out for a couple of yeah. seconds and, yeah. and go out. Anyway, so uh, they start singing for "He's a Jolly Good Fellow" to um, Mr. Granger, uh, which, of course, in the UK version ends with "And so say all of us." But the US US version ends with which nobody can deny.
0: Nobody can deny. So
1: this song got a lot of play in American television because whenever there was a birthday season, they would use it because the Happy Birthday song. Was copyrighted by uh, Warner Chapel for a number of years up until 2015.
0: Oh, I remember and so, hearing about that.
1: One of the things that I was wondering about that uh, in the current pandemic, if the um, copyright still held, what would our hand washing instructions? No, hold
0: be? on a second. So because at- so just to so understand, so happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Da 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 da. That was copyrighted by some dude.
1: By by a music company, by a publishing company. Um,
0: So, because I remember, like on the Wendy Williams show, a talk show in New York, which I guess is still on, um, they played. It was her birthday, and that's right because she wanted. They had to pay some publishing company like two or three thousand bucks just for the rights to sing her happy birthday on the show. So you're saying right. Yeah, because it was wasn't it in the Supreme Court or something crazy like where they ruled?
1: It went all the way up to the Supreme Court, right? And and they found that um, on one of the very initial uh, pieces of sheet music where it was published, it was uh, I think it was miscredited, or um, it was credited to somebody after the copyright should have run out the first time before they extended it. And so they never should have had the copyright as long as they did, <laughs> and so it instantly expired in twenty fifteen. Yeah, that's crazy. I forgot. So about that. if so, nowadays they're telling you wash your hands to the length of the Happy Birthday song twice. What would our instructions be if we couldn't do that because they couldn't tell everyone? Oh, if it never had gone away that song, if it was co- if if it was oh. still copyrighted, yeah.
0: Well, oh, they could do the theme song. I guess
1: they, I guess they'd say Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or. Um, the uh, alphabet Ground song. floor perfumeries, stationery weeks, weeks <laughs> and other goods, wigs, and haberdasheries, or or use the <laughs> "Are you being served?" theme well, song, you know, right? Because everybody in America, the same
0: knows people, that. the uh, that does suit madam singers who we hire to do the theme song for this podcast are the same people that we ship to northern Mississippi who are working round the clock for our <laughs> a six, six, a six six two Peacock call center. So don't let them down, folks. And then say we appreciated yeah. the song as well.
1: So that's the episode. Ta-da.
0: It was a good one. Yeah. It was a good one.
1: Yeah, and um, next week we're going to be talking about Cold Comfort, and that's the one where that's the heating. Amazing!
0: It's off. so good. You learn about like energy yeah. production in the 70s, and yeah, it's it's a good one. There's lots of sight gags, or not, lots of uh, props that are kind of fun, lots of sexual innuendo, as
1: always. <laughs> yeah Yeah. So, uh, thanks for listening and, uh, we really enjoy hearing from all of you. Uh, we know, you know, we, we know that you're checking us out on all of our social media. We can see, you know, the likes coming in, but, um, if you want to drop us a note and tell us what you want to hear about or if you have any questions for us or if we got something wrong, please tell us. Let us know because what do we know? We're just, we're just two, two Americans. dudes.
0: And also like what is your favorite memory of the episode? Like what was the weird thing that always got you confused when you were a kid and like I don't know what ca- cabinet pudding is and stuff. So
1: let us know. We'd love to hear. Anyway. So you can get in touch with us on Facebook or on Twitter, or you can write us an old-fashioned email at that does suit madam with an E at gmail.com, or as Brandon just said, you can call the hotline at 662-PEACOCK, that is 662-732-2625. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll, uh, hear from you yeah. next See ya.
0: Bye. Bye. That, that Does Suit Madam is not endorsed by the BBC, and it is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Are you being served as a copyrighted program of the BBC? Keep away from pets and small children.